Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Indeed, it's a football Friday. The burn orange Friday. I'm wearing my burn orange uh, t-shirt, Rod. Got my burn orange on today. Yeah, I got my burn orange on too, baby. There we go. Mm-hmm. Represent. Represent. Because uh, what is that? What is Friday for you, Rod? It is a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo! Football Friday edition of Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Get that Ric Flair woo in there. Trust me, it helps, guys. I know you're like, man, I'm dragging. If you're dragging, Ric Flair woo. Pick you right on up. Pick mm-hmm. you right on up. There you go. There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, all right, so there's uh, big tailgate parties and watch parties here in Austin. Of course, we're going to be at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover. Tomorrow afternoon, 3.30, we'll go live on the big stage there at the Fieldhouse. Rod and I with a couple hours of pregame, intense pregame oh, conversation while yeah. we're watching the 2.30 kicks and going deep, all deep. the games of college football. By that time, we'll know how uh, that Colorado-Nebraska game gets going. Got a lot of games tomorrow to be covering, but obviously the one we'll all be focused on is Texas and Alabama. Yes, and sir. the game will kick at 6, and it'll be a great spot to watch it with us out there at Fieldhouse at the crossover, those great Bud Light and Michelob Ultra drink specials. Also, as I mentioned uh, our friends at Inside Texas posted a spot that they're going to be hanging out. The Texas One Fund has a big tailgate in Tuscaloosa. Oh, man. Nice. I like that. says it's uh, it, they have a tailgate spot 2268D. So if you can get a map, that's where they'll, they're going to have, uh, what is it, Pinkerton's uh, Barbecue will be there with uh, a bunch of food and mm-hmm. all kinds of fun. So uh, oh, I know today is getaway day for a lot of folks who are making the drive to Tuscaloosa or they're jumping on the bird and, uh, flying to Birmingham or Tuscaloosa, wherever they're going to fly into. Be safe um, on that road. Yeah, be safe. Driving. Be careful. I'm very disappointed in myself. Because you were, you were going to take the road trip. I knew you were. I'm proud you of and you. Jacob were planning this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, you know, m- money restricts everything. But. Yeah, that's right. It does. Ty, Ty's like one of my kids. I'm like, yes. all, he's been talking all week about how he doesn't have any money. I'm like, well, well, you can't go on a trip then. What are you talking about? Oh, no. <laughs> no yeah, because all the time when people are, yeah, people do that all the time. When I, yeah, and they go on trips without a lot of money on yeah i went to mardi gras one time with yeah. twenty dollars in my pocket exactly. for three days <laughs> and i had a tremendous time exactly. and it's not like i had anybody pay for me either i i i picked up just shooters every day twenty dollars worth of shooters yeah. and i you know i'd eat some scraps Dude, balling you know, on a budget. Yeah, exactly. Balling on yeah, a budget. Like, oh, that's gotta that's yeah, tough you, to do at a major been, college football game. You've yes. been too responsible, but I've I, I, I balled on a budget before. Well, I have too. All the time. I have too. I'm not saying I didn't. We took a, yeah. we took road trips all the time when oh, I was in college. Man, I get yeah. it. And you ain't got a lot of money. He's like, we're going to eat off the dollar menu? Well, I'm not in college, is it? so it's not as... Yes. Well, you know, that's true. Good I like to think I am still. Yeah, that's true. Well, I got married right out of college, so those road trips kind of ended. But I was still, <laughs> I was still Poe. I was still Poe. Hey, exactly. Right out of you, college, you that's get for it sure. Done. Got a ball on a budget. Yes, man. you do. Yes, yeah, you I don't do. think we didn't go to the pawn shop a time or two. You know, <laughs> pay, pay for some diapers. <laughs> exactly. Back in the day, <laughs> we were just getting warmed up. Get but it uh, done, that's baby. what we're doing here on Ian Rod B on a Friday. Uh, we will uh, continue the Texas talk, but uh, get you the details on that uh, tailgate party. But join us tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing everybody. It's going to be fun. Um, getting after it, and uh, we'll watch that game. Together out it's there at great the location. House. It really is. And I, I, I live south, so I, if I lived anywhere in North, I'd be there all the damn time. Well, it's It'd one be of those my things go-to you, spot. It would be. You're like, why don't we get one of these out where we live? I don't. I, 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 I know. I literally have asked them that. I was last time I was. I said, man, y'all think about expanding because this is a great idea down south. Well, and the field house is, is is attached to the crossover, and the crossover is a massive sports facility. Right? Oh, it's amazing. They they host big volleyball tournaments and. Um, you know, b- baseball batting cages and uh, UI, uh, all kinds of stuff in there, right? Uh, but then the, the the on the end of it is where the field house is, and that's where the the, the food and the rec and all the stuff and outdoor field pickleball courts, pickleball, and sand oh, volleyball, taking over. Pickleball. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun tomorrow. Uh, so come join us and then lazy into tennis the, into the night. 
Oh, man, pickleball. People are freaked out about it. I know, I it's, they it's, love it's, this it's game. blowing up, and it's just lazy tennis. We it's still have our Betty. Five years. Five years what? And pickleball will not even be in a, a thought. I'm, in I'm, I'm winning that bet. Oh, you it won't even register. It won't be a thing. I'm a big anti pickleball guy. Oh, it's a fad. You saying? Well, you're one of the you're, okay. you're 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 one of the few. The most people who get into it love it. It's like a, it's get, like a rage. It is. We I don't even like I said I don't get it either. I don't, know uh, what's I don't like working out while I'm drinking. <laughs> like, come on. That's why it's lazy tennis. <laughs> exactly. It's lazy. Yeah, because you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't drink and play tennis, but you can drink and play pickleball. You can do it. Yes, you can. They got to work a little harder than bowling. That's probably darts. why people love it so much, honestly. That's you right. Drink yeah, bowling is a perfect sport to have a beer. Sure it is. Or Bud Light, too. That's why they've made major motion pictures about drinking and bowling. We've seen this a couple times, right? Kingpin and Big right. Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> can no. we get to the uh, headlines, sports headlines of it. your Friday morning? Top Gun, uh, Lawn and Equipment Rentals bring you the uh, headlines. We start with Saturday's road tilt against with Longhorns against Alabama, third-ranked team in the country in Tuscaloosa. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian addressed the state of his team during a Thursday media availability yesterday. Says he's pleased with the week of practice, included two very physical days of practice Tuesday and Wednesday. A bit of a lighter practice yesterday morning that was all about details. Also revealed that freshman running back C.J. Baxter has been a full participant this week, be a big part of the game plan. Also believes this is absolutely a barometer and measuring stick of where his team is, where the program is. Uh, I'm looking at this game as a, you know, kind of a, a benchmark. Where are we? You know, where are we? You know, we've, we've, we've made a lot of strides. And um, we've come a long way. And I think last year's game served as a good benchmark. And I think it helped us uh, help, you know, instill some confidence in some players on our team of what they were capable of. Um, we're going to we're going to go in here Saturday night. And the goal is they get our best shot. And I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get their best shot. Game kicks at six tomorrow uh, from Tuscaloosa. NFL, how about those Detroit Lions? They marched into Arrowhead Stadium last night and upset the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs 21-20 to in the NFL's season opener. Chiefs were without their all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey. That knee injury, their best defensive player Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, locking a contract holdout, and the Lions took full advantage. They took an early lead with Jared Ger- Goff. He needed Amon Ross St. Brown with a touchdown pass in the first quarter. KC responded with a pair of Patrick Mahomes TD strikes. They took a 14-7 lead into the half. Game swung big time in the third quarter when a perfect Mahomes pass to Kadarius Toney bounced off of his hands and was snagged by the rookie safety Brian Branch. He took it to the house for a pick six. That tied the game. Pair of KC field goals, and then it was Detroit running back David Montgomery's eight-yard touchdown run with 7-11 remaining. Their defense held it from there. They win it 21-20. Afterwards, Dan Campbell, the head coach, asked what he learned about his squad. I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. And this is a resilient team. Uh, it already was a resilient team, and we added pieces to that resilient team. So um, we're built to handle some, some stuff, and, uh, and we did that today against a very good opponent. Big news yesterday in, Cle- in Cincinnati. We're ahead of their season opener with Cleveland. The Bengals locked up their quarterback Joe Burrow on a new uh, mega contract. Five years, $275 million. Deal makes the 26-year-old the highest paid player in the NFL and a hit in the history of the NFL. Full slate of NFL season openers coming Sunday. Texans in Baltimore to face the Ravens and D'Amico Orion's first game as head coach. Cowboys open their 2023 season Sunday night at the New York Giants. Thursday night high school football last night. Good one out at Gupton Stadium. Cedar Park scored a late touchdown then got a big defensive stop. They beat Round Rock 28 24. Also last night, Hayes topped Cedar Creek. Hendrickson beat McNeil. Rouse outlasted Glenn and Wimberley. Improved to 3-0 with a 35-27 win over Brock. Friday night high school football tonight on the horn. Vandergriff, the Vipers, off to a dominating 2-0 start. 
They're going to travel onto the campus of Mary Harden Baylor and Belton to face Waco Midway. That game kicks at 7 tonight. You'll hear it here on the horn. Also tonight, top-ranked Westlake facing Aikens. Lake Travis will host Buta Johnson. Anderson High meeting Anderson. Bowie meets Dell Valley down at Burger Center. And a good one out in Williamson County. Liberty Hill is at Georgetown. There was a light night in baseball. Astros and Rangers both took the night off. Astros will host the Padres this weekend. Rangers host the last place A's. Maybe a slump buster there for the Rangers. Second place Mariners did post an impressive one nothing win at Tampa last night. Round Rock rallied to top El Paso. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. Before we uh, – I know we're going to get into some more Texas-Alabama discussion. How you feeling about the Cowboys' week one um, opening game against the Giants? Cowboys haven't won a week one game in the last three seasons. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's I weird. mean, I don't know what that. I don't, I don't it's know. hard. Look, look, just like last night, it's hard to predict because these teams. No, no one plays in the preseason now, right? So no one. This you're kind of using this game to kind of sharpen up, and uh, it can lead. What look, we saw Kadarius Tony last night play one of the worst games you'll ever see a player the worst play. Worst games you've seen. Yeah, they're zero and three to start the season for the last three years. Yeah. And, and they're they, playing Tom Brady too. Those three years. That's true. But they always be playing somebody. And Dak but, got hurt last year. That's true. Well, it's always a reason. You're great. But this year they're playing the Giants and. Dak, look, is, but, uh, Dak owns the Giants. Dak does. does own the Giants. He well, does. the only thing I'd say is he's owned the Giants when they had really bad coaches. I don't think they have a really bad coach anymore. That's uh, true. That, you know, when you're, <laughs> that's that, good everyone's good, kind of owned the Giants um, yeah. in the last half decade or longer because they had really bad coaches and, and had bad teams. I don't know. This, I mean, this is a playoff team a year ago. So you're going into their building, and Brian Dayball and his really good coaching staff, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, they've had all offseason and all training camp to get ready for this game and game plan for the Cowboys. Uh, I expect it to be a really, really good game. I personally, I would take the three and a half points if I'm getting if I'm a home team getting more than a field goal. I'll take it. I think it's gonna be that kind of game. I think it's gonna be a field goal kind of game. Yep. Uh, and the Cowboys will get just like Detroit will take a one point win. You, you take a take take a win in week one because uh, you know this Rod. You played in the NFL and you played a lot of major college football. You, the healthiest you're going to be is right now. No, right? The yes. best you're going to feel all season is in this game. No question. Because uh, you're you're not banged up. You didn't do much in the training mm-hmm. camp. You did, did the training camp thing, but even those are less physical than they've ever been. Oh, so yeah. you're you're at your, your physical peak right now. That'll only get worse as the year goes on as you take bumps and bruises and banged up. Uh, so you're going to get a fresh mm-hmm. team like a Saquon Barkley with fresh legs, and you know, we'll get to see what uh, – what Darren Waller's all about to that offense, what he can add. You know, the other, the other problem the Giants have had is they, their wide receivers don't stay healthy for Daniel Jones. So, well, they're healthy right now, right? So you got healthy wide receivers, full unit. I'm interested to see. These are two teams that full go, uh, which yeah. is going to be fun <clears throat> to watch. And But, again, I think the Cowboys very very likely can win this game. But if you're going to give me three and a half points on the road or for a home team, I'll take it. I'll tell you. I, I know the the it, the Giants defense. It does concern me a little bit because you know that Brian Dable's a damn good coach, but they were two and eight when allowing uh, twenty one points, twenty one plus points, um, and they scored basically when they scored over twenty seven points only once. Yeah, like think about that. How the hell do you only score over twenty seven points once? That's why they struggle against Dallas. Exactly. That's kind of my thing because I think Dallas could just out. If you Dallas gets to four touch twenty eight points, Dallas I think can win the game, like well, against the Giants. Even this Giants team now they're going to be better. That's why they added Darren Waller. But man, they had twenty eight completions of twenty plus yards last year. That was not only the lowest in the NFL; it was the fewest in the last ten years. It's amazing that the Giants were a playoff team. Nine, Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, one, and then won a playoff game. 
Yeah, exactly. And it, but it shows you that Brian Dable's a hell of a coach. He he can he's a problem solver. Say coaches are problem solvers. He's a problem solver. They have the lowest turnover rate, so they don't beat themselves. Lowest turnover rate in the NFL. Um, but man, they they have no explosive plays on that offense. Only they have the fewest explosive plays, twenty plus yard plays in the NFL last year. And a lot of that was due to their offensive line issue. They played more combinations on the O line uh, than any team in the league. They played twenty different com. Uh, Offensive line combinations, which is insane, and some of it wasn't even because of injury. It was just because that's how like Dable wanted to operate situationally. Yeah, well, and they played. They beat the Giants twice last year, even with Brian Dable. And as you said, they they scored twenty three points in the win at New York. It was twenty three sixteen, and they beat them twenty eight to twenty in Arlington in uh, November. So I mean, yes, if you get over twenty, but remember the the Cowboys are have fully announced that they're tailoring back. Their offense, right? They don't want to score as many points. They want to, <laughs> they want to protect their quarterback. <laughs> he did say that, and uh, you know, even even to go as far. Mike McCarthy saying that yeah, Kellen Moore liked to light up the scoreboard, but uh, I'm more interested in winning games, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to score as many points. Maybe playing right into the Giants' hands. That if you're you're going to uh, try to play lower scoring games, that's where the Giants want to thrive. And as you said, you know, with maybe a healthier offensive line, the addition of Darren Waller, maybe they can be more explosive because. You know, last year you were just loading up to stop Saquon Barkley, and he still had a great year, yeah, uh, which is just tells you how talented he is. Uh, but you know, maybe there's some assistance and some help for him on the outside. The, and Darren Waller, when he's healthy, he's a really good player. Yes, uh, we he saw is. that with oh, yeah, he's, he's one of the better tight ends in problem, the league. Yeah, uh, to match up with. But the Cowboys have plenty of defense to to handle it. So they um, got those safeties who are perfect for covering linebackers. Yes, I mean not linebackers, sorry, tight ends. Tight ends, yeah. But they, I they agree. Have, yeah, that's why I think Cowboys are going to win the game. I just, I'm, I mean, kind of a rule of thumb. I like taking home teams with points more than a field goal. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. <laughs> right. These it's are field goal games. It's the NFL. Yeah, they're all going to end up being close anyway. It's just like a general. If I if I am going to gamble and I'm getting points at home, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm going to take. Are that, we doing yeah. picks this year? Like where we pick? Five? You're the you're the Sex Panther picker I know, of the. I think you doing picks. You know, you know, I'll make picks like five five a weekend. I'll do that. I'll do that head to head with you, Ty. I'm in on that. No, I'm no. That. Oh, I'm keeping score then. I'll you keep, keep track score. of it. Keep Come on, score. Rod, you got to get on. Well, Dak Prescott did say. Okay. Dak Prescott did say yesterday he's never felt more comfortable with an offense, with a scheme, with with his coach Mike McCarthy, and where they are on the game plan. And now they just have to go execute it. And uh, the one thing I would say for the Cowboys, the two places that they've left them so vulnerable, I give Jerry Jones a lot of credit. I criticize Jerry Jones a lot, but at the same time, this offseason, I think they filled holes. They were aggressive. They did. They went and made trades for Brandon Cooks. They made a trade for Stephon Gilmore. Uh, they, they, They added pieces where they needed them. I think they're in a good position in a lot of places. But I still think they're vulnerable. A kicker, I'm not sure about a, you know, their 28 year old rookie kicker. I think they've left themselves in a questionable spot there. He's got to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And I think they're very thin on the offensive line behind their starters, right? I think their starting group is good, but, you know, offensive line injuries are going to come, and they're already dealing with it. Tyron Smith yeah. twisted his ankle in practice this week. They're, they're looking at him. He's, on the, he's officially on the injury report this mm-hmm. week. And then Tyler Smith, their, their second-year guard, he's got a hamstring problem that they're dealing with. So uh, I like the Cowboys' offensive line, you know, on the, on the front end and the top guys, the top five. But behind them, I don't think they have a lot of depth there. So – one or two key injuries, and all of a sudden this thing can go the other way. We also have to see Tony Pollard become the lead exactly. running back. Right? I'm with you on that. That was going to be my concern. If they want to run the ball more, well, your main running back, your your, you know, he's the featured running back in that run game. He's coming off a major injury, and it's not going with. If something happens to him, I don't necessarily trust the depth behind the running back. The deuce either. is going to be loose. I love Deuce, but I, I don't think Deuce is at this point uh, an every down running back either. I don't know if either one of those I guys. Th- there's enough. I think if he went down again or struggled to be the the main guy, I mean, there's still guys out on the free agency market. You still got Kareem Hunt and a few other 
potential true. options you could add. Ronald Jones, I'm not. I think they cut him because he's suspended. But well, they they believe Rico Dowdle is their their backup running back. And, I know. Um, I'm with Powell Town that one. I know. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way: like in fantasy football, Rod, which you don't play. Uh, one of the good strategies, if you if you take a top running back, like take Tony Pollard in the first round, or you take Austin Eckler, or you take you know Christian McCaffrey, you always want to handcuff and get his backup. So mm-hmm. if something he yeah. gets hurt, you. But I didn't see anybody taking Rico Dowdle, who took Tony Pollard, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's nobody, a mistake. Nobody prioritized Dowdle. Deuce Vaughn was a guy I saw in, in like a twelve teams leagues going towards like project going you know towards the end of the draft, which I thought was interesting considering he's projected to score like four points a game. Yeah, fantasy was. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's uh, that's that. Those are things I'm eager to see. I want to see this defense. I always love my, watching Michael Parsons play football. I also love watching Saquon Barkley play football. So those are those are you know two high end athletes. So looking forward to that. But then yeah, the question marks for the Cowboys: What are they going to be? They seem to be pretty rock solid this year. The roster, top to bottom, is one of the top you know five to ten in the NFL without a doubt. Defense might be top three. And um, looking forward to seeing them. But they still have some question marks that need to be answered, I think, even for Cowboy fans. And, and, and maybe the biggest, what this offense looks like. What is the Texas yes. Coast offense? And Dak in his um, you know ball security, right? He had his worst season for He's interceptions last season. He promised he won't throw 15 interceptions this year. Well, and his, and his, his, his background, <laughs> double digits, yeah. Oh, yeah, his, he said he won't throw 10. His, his background says that as well. His background says that last season was an outlier but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, size, Cardi B, size, Megan the Stallion, size. But if he has another season like that, then people are gonna start saying, "No, no, no, Dak is regressing. Dak is getting worse." Yeah, if you take his season, his career in whole, he hasn't been an interception thrower. No. But I would point out that since his ankle injury, he has been. That's what I'm saying. Like people are gonna say exactly now. They're like, "Well, the numbers are saying that he's going the other direction. He's actually regressing, and the the best of Dak is done." Yeah. That you're done with the best days of Dak. That was and when maybe he's... that ankle injury was. Yeah. You know, he doesn't run as much. He doesn't move like he used to. But yes, he can. He can eliminate all those doubters and skeptics with a with a you know. And he's got the weapons good to start do it. To the season, yeah, and he's got more weapons. He's got more weapons. No question he's had about in a while. that. Yeah. Uh, the one question there is Jake Ferguson versus Dalton Schultz. I mean, can he? Because we know Dak loved to throw to Dalton Schultz in clutch moments and big spots. Yep. Um, you know who becomes that go-to That's guy outside of C.D. Lamb? And I like the quote I saw from C.D. Lamb yesterday because C.D. was asked. You know, because they've, they've locked up some guys. Terrence Steele got a big new contract, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and C.D. was asked about his deal. He said, no, no, I'm not worried about big contract. I'm ready. I'm looking to win a Super Bowl. Hey, there you go, C.D. I'm looking for a Super Bowl. I like that. Then, 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 which is the mindset, right? We win a, all the contract. We'll all get paid. You know, we'll all make money if we go win this thing, and he has to walk to Dallas at that point. I'll give them some props, though, because even the guys they have paid, um, you know, that they, they're not the highest Trevor and Diggs. Um, you know, they recently paid um, the safety. They recently paid, you know, those guys, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't elite contracts. They weren't even top three, I don't think, at their position type contracts. They're multi-year. Is more security for the safeties with Malik Hooker and, and yeah. Curse. You know, both. I think they both signed three-year deals. Yeah, but nobody tried to break the bank no. with the Cowboys, no. I think, which is good. But they paid, the, the fact that they paid sa- their safeties, which they never do. Is a huge step forward. Yes. Agreed well, on that's that. That's Dan Quinn saying, Jerry, quit being a fool. Yeah, they are safeties. We need our safeties. They're crucial for my defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan, yeah. you know, you look at the Legion of Boom. I mean, they needed Cam. Cham- Cam Chancellor was the the difference maker. Oh, and Earl defense. Thomas. Yeah, Earl, oh, yeah. Thomas, Earl Thomas was. How could I forget? He was the most unique <laughs> middle fielder in the league. But you're right, though. Yeah, those safeties were crucial back then. So I, I think for and nobody plays more safeties than the Dallas Cowboys. But I just think it's interesting that none of those guys wanted, you know, uh, blockbuster record-setting deals. Trevon Diggs probably could have tried to get it, but he didn't care for that. There is a tone around there, at least an attitude that. And they're all in. The Cowboys are all in. But when Micah gets paid after this this season, 
he's going to be the highest paid player the, on, on defense well, in that's history. That's why he was happy with that Nick Boza contract yes. that just came down yesterday. Yes. Joe Burrow is now the highest paid player, and he's the third quarterback of that 2020 draft class that's gotten big money this offseason. Jalen Hurts and uh, mm. uh, locked him up, and Justin Herbert got his big deal. And now the top pick in that draft was Joe Burrow. He got paid. They'll play Cleveland this weekend. Uh, because, by the way, they play Cleveland. That's Deshaun Watson. Nobody has more guaranteed money in their contract than Deshaun Watson. David Mulligetta. My man. The Johnny Cochran of NFL only, I mean, Joe Burrow only got $11 million less, though, right? He got 219 guaranteed. And Deshaun got 250 guaranteed. Oh. <laughs> 250 guaranteed. 250 guaranteed. guaranteed. And, and, and the contract with, everybody with, hated immediately. With, with 20 with twenty plus allegations of sexual misconduct against him and civil lawsuits against him while serving a suspension and boycotting his team. Oh, man. Think about how good you got to be as an agent to get that guy fully guaranteed deal. And I would hire David Montegella on the spot if I was any of those quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I'm hiring that guy. Hey, coming back, we'll get a Rod's rant of the day. Good analysis, deep dive analysis on the Longhorns. Also, uh, we'll get a little bullish or BS before the end of the hour, including did you – are you bullish on the celebrity guest picker for College Game Day on Saturday? See, that's going to be. Oh, I haven't seen this. Celebrity guest picker All for right. College Game Day. We'll get you that coming up in Bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Rod's Rant is next. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, the Horn. Indeed. A great win for the Detroit Lions last night. Break up the Lions. A lot of people snickered and sneered when the uh, Thursday night opener was announced and it was Kansas City of course but hosting Detroit who's this Detroit Dan Campbell the mighty oh, Detroit yeah, Lions man. go in there they took advantage mm-hmm. of the Chiefs not having Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones I need cows, baby. and uh, a player in um, having to go down to find his what was it Kadarius Tony had one of the worst games you'll ever see yeah, it was was it was it f- how many targets was it? Five, Five targets. One catch for two, one yard. Three, three drops. Yeah, he was a net negative. He was not good. <gasps> he was a problem. So you have two their two of their three best players not playing and a guy who obviously was a central figure in their game plan play awful. awful. Uh, because they really see Kadarius Tony who they traded for from the Giants last year as kind of a a, a replacement to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's a project to be a number one wide receiver for them. Yeah, he was yeah. a number one draft pick, a first round pick yeah. for the Giants. And didn't work out there. So the reason so, they gave up on him, they would watch him in practice going, man, this guy, he couldn't even, you talked about all the injuries they had at receiver, and he was injured, and even when he was healthy, he couldn't see the field. Like He couldn't even crack the, the lineup because he wasn't productive enough, and now maybe we see why. Yeah, that was not good. Well, he, I mean, I don't want to say, it's hard to say one player single-handedly lost a game for a team, but, you know, his mm. the ball was hit him in the hands that was pick six. That's seven points. That's seven points. One and then was the on, drops were critical drops and Another was on moments. third down. Another was on third down. This is a game you lost by a point. Yeah. Another, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Another one was to get you in field goal range. So he had one drop that could have got you in field goal range. He had another drop that was on third down, and the other one, like you said, led to a pick but six. But you so, know what? The Detroit Lions uh, will go back to the Motor City and not apologize. That is a great win for them. Steal a win on the road that you probably didn't think you were going to have. If you like the Longhorns, if they can go into Alabama and be, you know, become just the second team in the last 53 games on that field to win, Man. you'd feel like you stole a win, right? I mean, if, if the Longhorns are just looking to be, you know, hopefully in this game and make it a fourth quarter game, see what happens. Um, but you know, not many people go into that stadium win, just like the Chiefs last night. Not many people win on that field. No, you don't. The, N- the NFL is going to be investigating Kadarius Tony just <laughs> just, to, uh, just to do their to due diligence. You know, just, just to make sure. Let's see if he's on some of these these gambling apps. Oh, <laughs> point shaving, sure. being a kid. Cam- got to make I sure. Be, I, that was a 
really bad game. I would cut that dude today. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, yeah, if he Mahomes. doesn't play, they win that game. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah if he's throwing to somebody else you know, yeah, all those times, yeah, you, very, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it's not like those were just inconsequential drops either. Those were huge well, well, this, moments in the game. I'll say this though, and then just we got to get into one of them. And looking they forward to, to Rod's rant. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't make one of those mistakes, they still might have won the ball game. That's a great point. And here's the problem though: Travis Kelsey's going to come back, so they'll get his impact. Mm-hmm. But they they're they're a mess at receiver right now because they needed somebody to step up, and it's it's, it's the best player they had was was just, the, the kid. Uh, Rasheed Rice out of SMU. He caught the touchdown pass early. Yeah, um, you know, I had that anytime touchdown score. Rasheed Rice plus five hundred. Good job. Time. You had that. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Dang. Out of all those receivers, that is that? really good. That's yeah. really good. Uh, so you wonder if the, if the if they get the Chris Jones thing done, which we don't know, but because um, they could have used Chris Jones late when David Montgomery was running up their guts and uh, scored that touchdown and. Uh, he, of course, Chris Jones also a pass rusher, uh, which they weren't getting much pass rush. We told no, you the, we told you that Lions offensive line is really good, and they played well last night protecting Jared Goff. So, twenty one twenty. That's how the NFL season started. Longhorns coming up on uh, Saturday night, part of the big college football weekend, and it's a big one in the great state. Let's uh, get you behind. Uh, let's get to Rod's uh, rant of the morning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. All right, so I've been trying to play out in my head how this Texas-Bama game is going to go, both sides of the ball for Texas. Texas offense versus the Bama defense. This is kind of how I visualize everything happening. Um I think Texas is going to struggle to run the ball with the traditional run game versus Alabama. They will do it. They have to do it to keep the balance. But I think Sark's a smart guy. He's, he's going to understand when he's kind of, you know, pounding his, his fist into a brick wall. And I think he is going to go to other uh, alternative, you know, means to move the football. And even though the running game, like I said, it still will be there. It will be largely symbolic and ceremonial. And that's just how I believe it's going to go down. And Sark's going to use the passing game as an extension of the running game, the short, high-percentage passing game. That includes your screens, which, by the way, Quinn, you're seven of, uh, six of six on screens versus Rice. Uh, RPOs, your run-pass option, which is quick game plus run game. Uh, Quinn was seven of seven on RPO throws versus Rice. Your short game, which is zero to nine yards. Quinn was six of nine uh, versus Rice, 12 yards per attempt. Intermediate throws, 10 to 19 yards. He was six of eight, 9.4 yards per attempt. We know the struggle comes after that. When you're talking about 15 yards or more, 20 yards or more, he was 0 of 7 and 0 of 6 on those throws. But I think, Sark, early on, you're going to see really exotic, really uh, innovative, creative ways to get Quinn in a groove and get Quinn in a rhythm, which is not what they did in the Rice game. But like I said, there was no – I don't even know if there was a real true game plan (laughs) uh, in the Rice game offensively uh, for Texas. But I do think they'll they'll come out and it'll be – the short, high-percentage, easy passing game for Quinn. Uh, and that'll insulate pass protection, too. If the ball's coming out quickly, you don't have to worry about the defensive line, second-level pressures, defensive line with twists and stunts. You don't have to worry about all that as much when you're getting the ball out. So you can insulate the pass protection, too. Um, also, I think that Bama is going to adjust to this, <laughs> right, um, because Bama's really smart. You got Nick Saban across there. Uh, Nick Saban has said on the record that the best way to defend the RPO, which Sark says his passing game is an RPO-based passing game, and I think they're going to see a lot of that with Quinn, is to play man defense. 
I think he'll play man defense to adjust to uh, Quinn Ewers. And on top of playing man defense, they will flood the short to intermediate area. After Sark opening script just, you know, just eviscerates them with all the creativity and innovation with the short intermediate passing game, they'll flood it. They'll take that away. They'll start uh, sitting on routes. They'll, the safeties will start flat foot reading things, is my prediction. And they'll play man coverage to defend the RPO. And they'll play bump and run on what, either one of their corners or situationally. And they probably will have some success taking that away. But that's why Sark, Longhorn fans aren't going to like this. The adjustment will be the deep ball. He's going to adjust with the deep ball. They're going to essentially give him uh, a favorable option with the deep ball because I think they're going to start attacking underneath routes and jumping routes and sitting on routes. So Sark's going to take the deep ball if they don't give it to him, especially if, they, if it's man-to-man. Now, this, is, this, this to me will honestly be a huge point in the game when uh, Sark decides, all right, they're going to give me a deep ball, I'm going to take it. And by the way, guys, he's going to take his shots. I went back and looked at all the deep balls uh, for Texas last season, and I found the trend, E. I found the trend. Give me the trend. The most deep balls thrown for Texas. These are the games, all right, last season. Bama, Oklahoma State, and Washington. The second most... Tech, and the third most, TCU. He had nine deep balls thrown versus Bama, Oklahoma State, and Tech. I'm sorry, in Washington, you had eight of them versus Tech, seven versus TCU. So every game we lost. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so I have not figured out if it's Sark's... If he's just, if these are big games and he's like you know doing that for big games because a bowl game is a big game, Bama's a big game. You know the the Tech game was the first conference game I believe of the season last year. Oklahoma State. So I I don't know if it's a big game. TCU is a big game. I don't know if it's a big game thing or if it's I, I I'm running out of ideas and I'm desperate and my desperation is man just throw the damn deep ball. I'm out of ideas kind of thing. I don't know. I'm not saying it is, but, it, it, you know, I'm the, you're going to get that adjustment. It's going to happen. I think also the Oklahoma State game makes sense because Oklahoma State, they were sitting on routes. Oklahoma State's been like the best third, one of the best third down defenses in the country for the last three or four years. One of their secrets is they sit on routes. They like to, they like to sit at the sticks on third down, that kind of thing. So the point is, if, if Sark can connect on those deep balls, by the way, which has not been great, right, Sark's deep ball. I went and looked at all those deep balls, and I went and looked at uh, throws of 15 yards or more. Uh, Quinn Ewers is one of 15 on passes of 20 yards or more in the last two games, and he is one of seven. Sorry, he's one of 15 on passes of 15 yards or more down the field, and he's one of 17 on passes of 20 yards or more down the field in the last two games. Not great. Not great. Uh, not great. Okay, so the the likelihood of them, I don't know, figuring this out versus Bama, I don't think is going to happen. It could, and all you got to do is connect on like one or two. You ain't got to connect on a lot of them. Well, if you, you just go back hit to the... one or two of them. Well, look, I mean, if, if if Xavier Worthy catches the long ball at the Alamo Dome, that game might have been different. Right? It's, a, it's very different it takes game. one, and it, it's not just Quinn all the time. I mean, that was a perfectly thrown ball, and X dropped it. Uh, you know, you're exactly right, and that's why, look, there's there's no there's no doubt, I think, for anybody that Quinn Yours has to have a really good game if the Longhorns are going to win this game. There's no other way, and he's going to have to hit some deep balls. He's going to have to hit just said, Alabama's <laughs> going to give them to him. They're going to flood him. They get, why wouldn't you? And that's why last year when they were in Stillwater, and I was there, and it was a windy day, and it was it was obvious from the beginning that Quinn was off. Uh, he was just was not having a good day. His his hand was hurt or whatever it was, and the wind was was getting him. He'd never played in that stadium. Uh, you know, I was hoping that Hudson Card would come in that game and try to bail him out. You know, you know that's not going to happen in this game. He's got to be sharp. I mean, he's got to be really good. And he's the. I think it's. Uh, 
you know, I, I can I can paint a picture in my head of how Alabama can win this game with Jalen Milrow playing a B minus C plus kind of game, right? He doesn't he doesn't have to be great, I don't mm-hmm. think. I can't come up with a scenario how Texas wins this game with Quinn Ewers not playing a really good game. That's a great point, and I totally agree. With I you. don't think there is yep. one. There, well, that's go look at you said the five wins for opposing teams going into Tuscaloosa since two thousand eight. It doesn't happen. It's one, one of them happened without their quarterback having an an, an excellent, uh, you know, kind of and fantastic performance, and it was LSU with an elite defense. And they um, won nine to six. Now, could exactly. Texas hold? Could, could they win at nine to six? That could happen. I mean, that that's more like. And so, yes, that Texas, might be likely. But and, and this is, you know, we'll hear Sark coming up on Quinn and the week of practice that he's had. But they need him to have a good game, and he's going to have to hit some shots. I mean, he just is. So if Sark connects on the deep ball, then problem solved because that means. You know, you because you know once Alabama decides they're going to play man coverage and flood the short to intermediate, I think Sark can go with a lot of man beaters, drag routes, crossing routes, and where you want to attack all this is attack like E brought up earlier. You got injuries in that secondary. You got injuries to starters like Malachi Moore uh, and Jalen Key. You got um, you know those are veteran guys too, by the way. Yes. And you want to you want to attack those guys in coverage. So even when you are going with your short high percentage passing game early on, those are the guys you're attacking. And then even when you t- throw your deep balls, you should be attacking those specific players. You got plenty of players to target between linebackers and safeties, especially even if the guys who are injured are playing. They're injured. <laughs> I mean, they've been injured. Let's go check it out. Let's go let's go test them and see if they're completely healthy. I think you'll get that from Sark. So if they connect on a deep ball. A lot of problems are solved because Alabama will adjust and safeguard against those big explosive plays in the passing game, and they'll back up a little bit, and they'll give the Texas passing game room to breathe, all right? And they won't suffocate the passing game. If they don't connect on the deep ball and they keep suffocating that passing game, what's the adjustment for Sark? I, I think, personally, it's, it should be empty. If you can't stress them and force them to defend every dimension of the vertical passing game, make them defend every dimension of the, the horizontal, if you will. And for those who remember, uh, if you watched that Middle Tennessee State game versus Alabama, Middle Tennessee State ran a lot of empty. They had a 76% completion percentage uh, versus that Bama defense in empty. They had 13 first downs. Eight of them were out of empty formation. When they did empty reloads, which is when you start out empty, nobody in the backfield but the quarterback, and then you shift someone back into the backfield, they averaged over nine yards per play on Bama. Texas can be really good out of empty. As a matter of fact, last season, uh, Quinn Ewers was 7-8 of eight in that bowl game out of empty formation. He was actually, That was actually one of the more successful concepts. I think that could be something that Sark goes to if the deep ball's not working. That'll allow you to stress and create space uh, within, that Bama, uh, within that Bama defense. And I think you've got to get extreme. I wouldn't doubt. We talked about this on Football Theory with my man Ian Boyd. If Sark can't, you know, because they're going to continue to run the ball, even though I don't know if they'll get a lot of consistent yardage out of it. Um, but Sark may decide to go big. I'm talking about big 11, big 12 with the extra 6-0 linemen on the package. He may decide to go big, period. More heavy sets like 21 personnel, which, by the way, your two biggest two, uh, biggest plays on offense versus Rice. Touchdown to JT Sanders for 40-plus yards. Your 37-yarder to uh, Jonathan Brooks. Those were out of 21 personnel. Last year, your most explosive personnel package, actually, was out of 21 personnel. I wonder if Sark will, is going back to something my man Kyle Shanahan always says, you know, you want to you wanna present positive power personnel packages and then pivot to pass principles because you get the defense thinking about pat thinking about the run and then you can throw on them and that's the way to get favorable matchups to manipulate matchups and usually you'll you'll create one-on-ones e like that 
if you can if you can force them to put a lot of forty on the on the field, a lot of linebackers and D linemen on oh. the field to defend your mass. So don't be surprised if Sark goes heavy, but then out of those heavier personnel packages, he pivots to throwing the football because he can manipulate the one on ones. A lot of research shows you if you look at yards per route run in the NFL, the highest yards per route run are out of six O line packages and out of twenty one personnel because defenses are thinking about the run and then you catch them off guard with the pass. That's something to keep in mind. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, great analysis. Quinn Ewers has to play well. And, yeah, the game plan and then the the adjustments to the in-game plan have to be on point for Sark and this staff if they're going to pull off the win at Alabama tomorrow night. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll play a little bullish or BS. Are you, are you a fan of the celebrity guest picker they're going to have on game day tomorrow? We'll let you know about that. Also, a big show debuting on ESPN today. We'll get some bullish and BS coming next. Bullish or BS. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Bullish your BS on a Friday. Austin Gamblers, your professional bull riding team, 12-1 and on the PBR team season. They're in Oklahoma City this weekend for the big event there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start with this, guys. Gentlemen, bullish or BS? There are a lot of teams of local flavor, right? Teams from the great state who are underdogs this weekend in college football. Texas is an underdog at Alabama. Texas Tech is an underdog at home to Oregon. Texas State is an underdog down at uh, at uh, UTSA in San Antonio. Um, Baylor is a big underdog to the Utah Utes. SMU is a big underdog to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Which one of those underdogs are you most bullish on, would you be bullish on, that may pull the upset? Because there were a ton of upsets in week one of those uh, local flavor underdogs. And I'll even throw A&M in there. Under, mm. A&M's a favorite down at South Florida. Yeah, they're favorite. Which Ty? teams are you bullish on there? Are you bullish Ty, on you're the underdog guy. You picked all underdogs yesterday. But all of them, pretty much. I mostly. think Texas, Texas Tech will win. Yeah, I Oregon. would be bullish on Tech against Oregon. Oregon put up 80. Now that's, again, that, that's a line that was not plus 6.5 for Texas Tech a week ago. They're coming home, and everything runs through Lubbock, right? Yeah, but, man, Oregon looks pretty good. Oh, Knicks is going to be a problem. They do. For Tech. Yeah. He's Six be and a, a half. For Tech, what, yeah. that, Weird things happen night, in Lubbock. Is that a night game? It is. Okay, yeah. Texas State. That's an Texas interesting. Texas State at UTSA. So I, I know. Because I, I expect UTSA to beat U of H. We all are down on U of H this year. We think they were going to be, right, U of H. Actually, Dana Hogson may be on the hot seat. I think U of H is down. I'm surprised UTSA didn't put it on U of H. I wonder if UTSA actually may be a little bit down this year or it may take them a little well, bit longer to round into form. And Texas State, hey, you, yo, you got one game to, to look at that brand-new roster and that new system with G.J. Kinney and figure out how it works. There's a familiarity because that's his mentor, Jeff Trailer. But Texas State might be the pick here. Hey, listen. Uh, it might be the pick, man. It's mentor versus mentee. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching the the Baylor game, that wasn't a fluke. I mean, and T.J. Finley, their quarterback, they beat him, man. Who transferred in from, um, you know, he started at LSU, then he was at Auburn. This dude's six seven, two fifty. He ain't no joke. He's six seven. Yeah, yeah. And Baylor had no answer for T.J. Finley. Hold up, is he really six seven? Uh, like that's what it says right here on the roster. I will say that I don't like quarterbacks that tall. He's not. He's not Brock Osweiler. That's what, exactly. That's what I don't want. No, I don't want an Osweiler he's probably, back there. He's probably a clean six six. Okay, but he's two fifty. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big boy. He's a big but guy. he can sling the rock. He I mean, he can it, throw huh? it, and they've got good receivers. Obviously, um, you know, UTSA's now seen the film, and you know, very familiar GJ Kenny with that offense and what he runs, uh, because GJ Kenny did play for Jeff Trailer 
there yeah. at uh, at Gilmer High School back in the day. Won a state title. Um, yeah, I got to watch Texas State. I didn't watch that first game. I got to go check him out. I got to make sure I can. Yeah, he's well. He's a guy coming yeah. out of high school. Was highly recruited. Went to LSU and then Auburn. We went to LSU during the COVID year. Then he ends up at Texas State. He's a big time player and had a great game in Week One against the Baylor Bears. So we'll ask you that question: Which of the underdogs from the great like state that. are you bullish on? Uh, and which ones are going to get uh, get humbled? We learn a lot more. You know what happens in week one becomes a little more solidified come week two, and then certainly week three. Uh, are you feeling still bullish on the Longhorns, Ron? Um, I am. And more the closer I get to the game, I am. But it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a fourth quarter game. I mean, you would take the points, is what you're saying. The points are still yes, at seven and a half. I think that's easy. That's easy money right there because I think it'll end up being closer than that. I think it'll end up being a, right now. I got it as a field goal game, basically a field goal win for Bama. But like I said, by by game oh, time, uh, I'm sure I'll be pumped up enough to pick Texas. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect DJ Kenny, but I would make UTSA one of my locks because I think UTSA is the better team right now. Again, they're just I thought they were the better team versus U of H. 13 and a half point spread. And, and maybe, yeah, I think, because that line was like 20 a week ago. Uh, I, you're getting value there. They're, you're now inside two touchdowns. They're playing at home. They're expecting 50,000 fans at the Alamo Dome for that game. Mm-hmm. And you got six-year quarterback Frank Harris. One thing I'd say about Frank Harris, he's coming off another knee operation this summer, this offseason. He's had like three knee operations on his same knee, and he did not look good against Houston. Mm-hmm. That could be concerning. So and he lost an one of his receivers, right? Didn't one of the receivers transfer? Yeah. One of those, they had a good – Good crop of receivers. Like one of them transferred, but I think you transferred to LSU or I somewhere believe, in the SEC. I believe you're correct. I haven't. I can't remember off the top of my head which one you, it is. Real quick, bullish or BS, Rod? What do you got? I have one for you. I got College one. Game yeah. Day announced their celebrity guest picker. Oh, who is it? Give it to me. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. I didn't see this. Uh, well, it happens to be a, a legendary Alabama oh. quarterback. Alabama QB. I oh. want to kiss you. Oh, is it Broadway Joe? Broadway Joe Namath, Broadway baby. Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe in the house. I love that, man. You like that? I love me some Broadway Joe. What's not to love? That's I awesome. want to kiss you. How old is he? <laughs> Joe Namath? He's got to be in his late 70s. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be. That guy was the, the, the king of the Broadway, oh. man. He's 80 years old. Dude, Broadway wasn't he Joe. like not very good though? He was great college and pro quarterback. He was awesome. It's just because you can't compare his stats back then to stats of today. Yeah, I think he threw for he, like I think. Did he, he throw for more interceptions? He did touchdowns and screw though. Dude, he's the all-time <sighs> ladies man. I don't know, he's Broadway I check that Joe. Out. How dare you? I'll look at the stats, but and yeah, yes, that's for... blasphemous, man. Talking bad, sorry, Broadway sorry. Joe. Come on, hey, love me some Broadway, Broadway Joe. Joe. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, speaking of ESPN, the Pat McAfee show debuts today. Run debuts on ESPN. Oh, well, we won't be it already had a huge following anyway. He's going to bring his audience there. That's all. And I'll read you coming up the warning that they're putting out ahead of his show because they do tend to cuss a little bit on that show and get a little a little bit, a little raw. A little raw. They <laughs> probably told him to tone it down, but he cusses a lot. <laughs> also, I'll let you ask me some bullish and BS. Which one of the upsets is going to happen? Pick it. Call your shot. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. don't, don't call us Monday and tell us, I told you so. Tell us on a Friday who's pulling the upsets this weekend. <laughs> a lot of uh, Texas teams, underdogs in week two in college football. We're coming back. Ian Rod B. Ty as well on a football Friday.